Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join into the conversation. All right, well, welcome back everyone to The Third Seat. My name is Daniel Trinum and I will be your host today. I'm with Croft & Frost and I'm really excited to bring you today's episode. My guest today is someone that uh, I've gotten to speak with a little bit already uh, as I've been meeting her for the second time. Uh, she is a very passionate individual and she's someone that I can tell just by her energy and just being around her that the work she does, she is extremely passionate about and she wants to relay that passion and energy uh, to those that she uh, comes in contact with. So I'm really excited uh, to bring today's episode to you all. So uh, Jen, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Um, thanks for that nice introduction. Um. <laughs> no problem. If you would mind, just, just tell the people a little bit about more about what you do. Yeah, so I am a mental skills coach and my work is around empowering female athletes, female soccer players specifically, to expand their mental performance skills, reframe limiting beliefs, and really just kind of maximize their potential on mm -hmm. the soccer field mm -hmm. and in life. That's part mm -hmm. of it as well. But um, that's kind of my thing, yeah. So what exactly... What, what brought you to want to do that? Did you play sports or any, or did you play soccer or any sports growing up and that drove you to want to uh, pursue this as a, as a career whenever, whenever you were younger before this? Yeah, so I grew up playing soccer. Um, I played up through high school, mm -hmm. so I was definitely involved. Um, I never played at any elite level. Um, I had, Me neither, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of, as an adult, I've gone through a lot of personal development mm -hmm. and that's kind of caused me to, or not caused me, but like given me the opportunity to reflect mm -hmm. on a lot of my just past and upbringing. And as I decided to kind of start getting into coaching as an adult, I realized that there was a huge overlap in a lot of the things and the reasons that maybe I wasn't the player that I could have been mm -hmm. was a lot of things about the way I thought about myself, just like my, inability to really believe in myself and I didn't have any confidence, lots of perfectionism issues, just all this stuff that doesn't just come up for athletes. Mm -hmm. It comes up for a lot of people and a lot of women and girls specifically with social conditioning. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of took those two things and smushed them together mm -hmm. because I was, while well, I loved coaching and I loved the game and I love everything about soccer and the tactical elements of it. I'm a huge student of the game, I love learning. But I was, really, I, was, I was realizing that I had more impact on the kind of that side of things mm -hmm. and when I could help, help players with some of the things that I had been through that I didn't have help in. Mm -hmm. That's kind of why I started doing this and I've been coaching that way on the field for like five or six years. But now I'm finally starting to kind of make it its own thing mm -hmm. and really go with it. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I love that exactly is what drew me to want to speak with you because, you know, I, I grew up playing basketball. I, I played a lot of sports when I was younger, but I played basketball the most. It was always my favorite sport to play. I played it in high school. Uh, and like you said, I didn't. I didn't go to the elite level. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, You're but, tall, though. Yeah, You've got I am. That going I've got for that. You. I've got that going for me. Uh, but, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I grew up playing basketball, and that was what the work that you do and what you just described is not something that was ever really talked about. Uh, it was always just, you know, leave it on the court and suck it up and do whatever you got to do, which, you know, there is an aspect where you've got to, sometimes you got to tough things out and you got to work through whatever you're dealing with, but there's also the, you know, aspect of things where you need to address whatever's going on in your personal life or, or you know, within, within uh, your head, you know, a lot that really can affect your play on the court or, you know, on the field or just in life in general. Somebody that I really admire a lot for just the, the work that he's done uh, is, is Kevin Love. He, he is a professional basketball player. He, I think he still plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, but a couple years ago, he came out and would just talk a lot about how even though he's this public figure and he's a professional basketball player and he makes a lot of money and he's like a, he, you know, is a celebrity that he still has struggles and he still has things that he has to deal with in his personal life that affect him on and off the court. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's basically advocating to say, yeah, people come and watch us every night. We're, we're under the spotlight all the time, but we're real people too. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we are no different than, we may be a little bit taller uh, than everybody else, but we're no different than everybody in the stands. Uh, we, we are people just like you. And I thought that was really cool because not just in basketball, but in a lot of arenas around the world that is not really talked about enough, I don't mm -hmm. think. Uh, and it can really have, an, have a, a, a strong impact on people, you know? Yeah, I think that that's a really good point that you bring up about him coming out and talking about that. And it has been happening more mm -hmm. recently, mm -hmm. especially in the post-COVID world where mental health has just become more of a topic that people are talking about, mm -hmm. which is good. I mean, yeah. that needs to happen, right? So part of what I'm trying to do is because, first off, all the athletes that I work with from like age 10 to, you know, age 20 in college, they all feel these same things. They just don't know how to describe it and mm -hmm. don't know how to put words to it. And they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. They're like, not that they're afraid to talk about it, but they just think that there's something wrong with them mm -hmm. or that type of thing. So what I'm just trying to do is normalize the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that um, he was doing as well when he kind of came out and talked about it. And just in sports in general, I mean, there's been so much more or so many more athletes coming out mm -hmm. um, this year. I mean, even just the Simone Biles and... Um, mm -hmm the tennis player that I can't remember her name. Naomi Osaka? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. just just kind of across the board. But, I mean, it's a big deal. It needs to be mm -hmm. talked about. And we saw this last month. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this, but there was five NCAA athletes mm -hmm. that died by suicide mm -hmm. this last month. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big, big deal. And it's something that the conversation just needs to be had more and more, even if we don't have answers. Mm -hmm. Because I don't have all the answers. Like, no. I, I tell my players this when I coach them. I'm not a sports psychologist, yeah. right? I'm not. I'm a coach that's coaching on the field and then working on my own personal development, self-development and taking all of this stuff that science says, right? Like science says meditation is good for you. Science says all this stuff. And I'm taking that and I'm making it usable for players. So I make a lot of tangible tools and things that they can actually, they're like, for example, it's very common for parents to be like to their kid who's a good soccer player to be like, you're so good. Just be more confident. Just believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. And the kid's like, Thanks. Yeah. How do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what they're thinking yeah. in their head, right? So, you know, even though it's well intentioned, mm -hmm. it's not it they don't 
nobody knows how to do that. Yeah. So the first thing we just have to do is talk about it. Yeah. Right? And be like, all your teammates that you think are really confident and that seem really confident, if I was having this conversation with them, they would be telling me that they're also not confident. Mm-hmm. So it's not just you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's me too. And I, I use a lot of my own like personal, um, like I, I get pretty like vulnerable with them to appropriate levels, depending yeah. on who I'm talking about, yeah. who I'm talking with. But like, because they need to know that someone else yeah. understands it. Yeah, and 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 the thing that I really looking back now, like I can uh, see how it affected me in a in a similar way was, I think a lot of athlete athletes, you know, if they stick with whatever their sport is for you know a decent amount of time, and not to paint with too broad of a brush here, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of athletes they they consider themselves to be a little bit of like a perfectionist because you're how you mm-hmm. perform is directly tied to like you, you you tie it to yourself you know it's like whether i hit that shot or not is totally up to me whether you you know if you're like a goalie in soccer whether you stop the goal is pretty much totally up to you mm-hmm. it, there's not there's there are some external factors but uh a lot of it is based on your own personal performance mm-hmm. and how prepared you are and everything and so if you don't live up to the standard you hope to live up to you immediately go to, oh, I'm just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like me as a person, I am, I am, something is wrong with me. Like I didn't hit that shot. I didn't, you know, make that pass, whatever it is. This we, is a rabbit hole I could easily, yeah. easily go down. There's yeah. so much to unpack here. I mean, self-worth mm-hmm. is very wrapped up in your performance on the field mm-hmm. or the court. And what I'm trying to do is help them kind of separate it, right? Yeah. Like make it like an identity too beyond the sport. That's mm-hmm. super important. Yeah. Um, but like you were saying, perfectionism shows up a lot mm-hmm. and high unreal. So, so what the loop that I kind of talk about a lot is this um, pressure, performance, confidence. And it basically is when we have really high unrealistic expectations of perfection mm-hmm. of ourselves that are not reachable because mm-hmm. a lot of part of the game is out of our control. Mm-hmm. So we hold, we attach our confidence to that but we can never meet it mm-hmm. consistently because mm-hmm. it's not possible because it's yeah. an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. You're not going to play a game without mistakes. Yeah. It's never going to happen, right? So that leads us to have a lot of pressure going into these game situations that mm-hmm. we're holding ourselves to this, um, you know, this standard of perfection. Mm-hmm. And then we can't meet it. We feel all this pressure. Our confidence drops. We have negative self-talk. A lot of self-defeating mentalities come in, and you just get stuck in this loop. And the trick is really to work on detaching your confidence from these outcome-based expectations or perfection-based expectations. So winning or playing perfect, not making mistakes, all that, and attach it to smaller pieces of the game. So the verbiage I use a lot is process goals, controllable objectives, and I use a lot of instructional self-talk in what I do. So basically breaking it down into really small things and then choosing that if I did these small things for myself today, I'm gonna allow myself to feel good about my performance, yeah. regardless of a win or loss, yeah. regardless of if mistakes happen or not, because they're gonna happen. And I'm just kind of shifting what my confidence is attached to. Mm-hmm. So there's the there's a lot to unpack yeah. in what you're talking about, but the self-worth being wrapped up yeah. in performance is monumental. Yeah. Like in a huge, huge thing to get past. Yeah, well what you just described, I mean, the, the beauty of it is like, that can be applied in more <laughs> avenues than just one. I mean, it's not just, whether you play soccer or any sport, you know, whatever, like, yes, that does apply to, you know, athletes, whether you're a soccer player, basketball player, football, whatever. Um, but life. that's, that's yeah. in life, that's life, you know, because yep. I mean, at some point, whether you 
play little league growing up and that's it, or you you know play all the way through the professionals. At some point, it's going to end for it. like the, mm -hmm. your your career as a professional or as a as an athlete is going to come to an end at some mm -hmm. point, whether we like it or not. And so life starts at some point. You know, your life after after sports stops, but. Even still, those same problems still arise because you know you may come to work and think, okay, I need to get uh, you know A, B, C done today, mm -hmm. and maybe you got A and B done, but you didn't get C. Well, the logical response to me should usually be, well, that's okay. Tomorrow you're probably you're, you're going to be here tomorrow. Like things are going to be okay. You're going to come in and be able to work on that, and then you'll finish up whatever you need to finish up. But oftentimes we attribute the fact that we didn't complete whatever that last mm -hmm. task was to the fact that oh. I, I just I should I'm not here I, I shouldn't be here doing this job I'm it's almost like imposter syndrome you know it's like I don't need to be sitting in this seat you know performing this job because I failed at this and look at what I've done now um, it can be applied anywhere it's not just for athletes although it certainly is for athletes it can be applied anywhere and that's mm -hmm. the beauty of what what re why I really wanted to talk to you about this just because it certainly does need to be, what you're doing certainly does need to be talk, uh, given to uh, athletes and especially female athletes, but it applies to everybody's lives, whatever the arena that you find yourself in, you know? 100%. Uh, it, yeah. it can be very easy to go down that rabbit hole, whether you're an athlete or not. Uh, and I think understanding that, first being able just to understand that and have that conversation is the first best step to hopefully not going down that rabbit hole in real life, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, being able to adequately assess where you stand with, in your job or your relationships uh, in that manner is, is extremely important. And I, I, just, I really love that that's what you've made uh, you know, your goal to be and, and what you set out to do is, is to set that example uh, for those underneath you and, and to give something back that you didn't have whenever you were growing up. You know, I, think that's, I just think that's really cool. And it's like what you just said, like it applies to life too and not sports, right? I got it from going through hard things in life. That's mm -hmm. where I learned it. And then I was coaching at the same time and I'm like, oh, well that can help them actually mm -hmm. have more fun on the field yeah. and like themselves more yeah. and be better yeah. athletes because once you can kind of let go of some of that stuff, you know, you really cannot, when you have all these hangups, you can be a very good player. Mm -hmm. You can never be great. Mm -hmm. Because in order to be great, you have to be able to kind of let go. And like, for example, courageousness, creativity, and curiosity. Mm -hmm. Those are three like, you know, important traits of an athlete. Mm -hmm. um, they're very hard to have mm -hmm. when you're very consumed by um, playing like so that you don't make mistakes or playing for others or mm -hmm. playing so that you'll belong, mm -hmm. right? It's very different. So we, it's hard to let go and just have those things there. But yeah, that's why I, I mean, I got this from regular life and then I pulled it into coaching. So it totally works the other way yeah. too. Another thing that I wanted to say was that um, just introducing these comment or these, just introducing these um, concepts to young adults um, and having these conversations, even if we don't solve their problems, which, you know, it's, uh, these are ongoing things that mm -hmm. we work on our whole life. But now when they're in college or when they're my age, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're not going to be like, oh, I've never heard of this before. You know, they're going to be way yeah. more prepared mm -hmm. to like coach themselves. Yeah. That's really what I'm trying yeah. to do. I'm actually trying to help them learn how to help themselves. Yeah. Help them learn how to help themselves. Help them learn how to coach themselves, whether yeah. that's on the field or in life. Yeah. But like, they'll be, you know, when they're 30 and hard things come up, they'll be like, okay, like I have the tools that I need. Doesn't make it easy, right? Just because the, 
You know, just because someone carries something well doesn't yeah. mean the weight isn't heavy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one, right? Yeah. Oh, well, you don't seem like you have any problems. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm just, that's yeah. how I carry myself. So yeah, yeah, you do, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, the mental toughness too is a big part of a lot of the stuff that I did and you kind of were talking about how we, as, we as athletes were kind of raised to be like super mentally tough. And now we're kind of in this new age where we still want the mental toughness to be able to have control to choose responses instead of reactions on the mm -hmm. field. So emotional control to manage your composure and your focus so that you can play better. But there's like a new element of mental toughness too that's like, um, it's not about closing yourself off mm -hmm. and like pretending that things don't exist. It's about acknowledging them, welcoming them in and then choosing your response mm -hmm. instead of just, you know, reacting. Yeah. Instead of throwing the punch, you know, you walk away. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. And, and a big element of it too is, it's just being honest. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's certainly a time and a place, you know, when you're on, like if you're, for example, if you're playing in basketball, like they, they always talk about like the, the, the phrase is always like they're in the fourth quarter, it's, it's, it's winning time. Like that's mm -hmm. time when you got to really bear down and yeah. like, this is do or die right here. Like you Go gotta, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be on your game at that point. And like, there is a certain aspect of like, you've got to just bear down and do whatever you got to do. But at the same time, you need to understand that you need to be honest about how you mm -hmm. are actually feeling like as a person. Because mm -hmm. if you take that too far, if you take this, you know, being tough or, or, or going, you know, going as far as you can and pushing yourself to the absolute limit, mm -hmm. if you take that too far, that could have more bad negative consequences than it does positive consequences. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's just a game. Mm -hmm. It's just a game, whether you win or not, the champion always gets forgotten about the next season because there's going to be a new champion. You or know? the next and day in social yeah. media world, right? Yeah, and so <laughs> at the end of the day, it's it's just a game. It's going to, the lights are going to turn off eventually mm -hmm. and people are going to move on to the next thing. And so it's important to not compromise everything else in your life for the sake of that one little moment, mm -hmm. you know? That moment is important, especially for those on the court or on the field or, or in whatever arena that they are in. But it's important not to compromise your entire life or mm -hmm. you know your entire well-being because of that one mm -hmm. moment. Uh, and I think that's really what what it gets you know kind of what you're getting at with the heart of what you do. Uh, you, the way you were describing it, you know how nobody really taught this to you until you, you learned this <laughs> through life experience. It kind of reminded me like you know you know when you're when we're younger, a lot of times we weren't we learned to ride ride a bicycle with training wheels. You yeah. know that's usually like your first experience. Well, it's kind of like you're allowing these these uh, athletes that you work with to try the training wheels when mm -hmm. they're young instead of having to try the training wheels when they're 30 years old mm -hmm. and now having to learn how to ride this bike of life uh, yeah. later in life and, and having no one around them to help, okay. you're you're being that person that says, okay, let's let's try the training wheels out here first while you're young and you're still, uh, you know, you're still learning and everything and you'll later in life be able to ride this bike, uh, you know, this metaphorical bike better on your own, you know. Great analogy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I think it's important too because like one of the reasons that when I do mental skills coaching, it's in a one-on-one -on -one environment, right? So, I mean, players, for example, it's it's difficult to do this stuff on the field. I work it into a lot of my stuff that I do, but I can never get as deep with players as I know that they need mm -hmm. simply from lack of time and resources. And there's a lot happening on the soccer field, right? You got games coming up this weekend. You got to work on, you know, style of play elements and just like tech. There's a lot happening, right? So it's not really possible to get that deep, but in the one-on-one -on -one environment, I think is really great. Because even if you have parents that are aware of this stuff, kids sometimes need that neutral person mm -hmm. that is an adult 
and can guide them that's not their parent. Mm -hmm. So parents can be very well intentioned and really try and have some of these conversations with them, which I encourage them to mm -hmm. do. It's just sometimes the real work doesn't get done when they're kind of, until they're kind of left to, you know, they have to want to do it. That's the one big thing about what I do and why I love doing it. Mm -hmm. If you're not invested and you don't actually want to be there, none of it works. Mm -hmm. So like, I won't work with someone that's like, their parent knows they need it, but the kid is like, no, I don't. Like yeah. that's, they have to come, they have to be self-aware mm -hmm. and they have to come to this like kind of growth-minded realization themselves mm -hmm. and then they're ready to do the work. Yeah. So you can't really force anyone into yeah. it. And I mean, you think about that as an adult too, like even when I was in my twenties, like I was nowhere near prepared to do the work that I did for myself when I was in my early thirties. Mm -hmm. Like I, if someone would have told me, I mean, I remember, even in college, I remember my friends like, let's go to yoga. And I'm like, I cannot do yoga <laughs> because I can't sit there and not think and just yeah. breathe. Like, yeah. this is crazy. This is what? A, yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like, that is not possible. It's not yeah. in my personality. I'll never be like that. But now I realize that I was like socially conditioned to be that way. Mm -hmm. And I can, can control those things mm -hmm. and choose different responses. Mm -hmm. It's just what I thought. And I wasn't in, I was very close-minded at yeah. that point. So growth-mindedness and self-awareness are like huge, huge. Even if you just have those, you can do so much with it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I love what you were talking about kind of with the with the, the kid and their parents, like that idea of oftentimes the best learning takes place, you know, when, for example, if, if you know, you're, if you look at me and say, hey, Daniel, you, I think you should really try this thing. I, may, I think if you do this or if you do, you know, X, Y, or Z, it, it may help you. But if I don't honestly come up to the table and, and accept your, mm -hmm. you know, maybe your criticism or your, construct, your, your constructive criticism, I'm, I'm probably never going to do that thing. I have to, op you know, be honest with myself with what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong to adequately assess what you're telling me so that I can then improve in whatever avenues you're suggesting that I improve in. Uh, and that, you know, that same thing applies in life in general and, and just how you described uh, on the field with the soccer players that you that you work with, you know. It's so important that we don't get too in our heads and think, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm above reproach. Like, I'm above mm -hmm. uh, critique. You know, I, I've got it all figured out. I don't think everybody does that. Uh, but I, there's, I know there's certainly been moments in my life where I'm like, oh, I've, I've got this whole thing figured out. Like, I I'm, think we can wave, yeah. right? Like, kind of go yeah. through it. Yeah. yeah. And so being able to, you know, be honest with ourselves and open and assess criticisms we may get or assess uh, lessons that others are trying to teach us is incredibly important because... Oftentimes, like you were saying, it takes an outsider's perspective to really offer up those uh, those critiques and those lessons. You know, I think especially when when you're talking about like kids with their parents, there's often this this like kind of rebellious attitude. It's like you, your parents are like you should do this, and you're like, you know, you're probably right, but I, just because you're my yeah. parent, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. But when somebody, you know, like your friend or you know one of your friend's parents, if they come up to you and say, hey. You should probably do this thing. Maybe the exact same thing your parents told you to do, yep. but from when it comes from them, you're like, okay, they yep. they they're being serious now, you know. And so you're exactly right. I mean, not that every single child and every single parent is the same, but I know at least in my life that was the case a lot mm -hmm. of times, especially when it came to sports. Um, and you're talking about, you know, the what what age groups do you work? With? I think I've asked this before. Yeah. So in my mental skills coaching, I work with. Um, starting at 10 or 11, mm -hmm. if 
they're aware and can have a mm-hmm. I, like it has to be yeah. like they have to cognitively yeah. be wh- where I'm like where they need to be for mm-hmm. us to have the conversation all the way up through college mm-hmm. players so players that are even doing like semi-pro stuff um it's the same things yeah. that come up it's just different stages of it and stuff yeah. but on the field right now I coach a group of 11 year olds so fifth and sixth graders and then a group of seventh and eighth graders yeah so so and, and are most of these are most of these soccer players they like female soccer players uh, right now the teams that i am coaching are all girls okay yeah. but i have coached boys i've yeah. coached middle school boys yeah yeah i'm sure that was a fun time yeah <laughs> oh yeah i was drained energy wise at the end of the day i mean i still am now but yeah it's funny because after covid happened and you know we all were stuck inside for a while now every time i'm on the soccer field yeah. i can just like I, I feel how much energy it takes just to be around people mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like have conversations with people yeah. like nonstop. It's like, I, it was always that way, but mm-hmm. I just never was like focused enough to like mm-hmm. see that. I don't know if you've felt that at all, but like sometimes just like, oh man, like I was social all day. That was so yeah. tiring. I didn't do anything. I just talked. Yeah. Well, it reminds <laughs> me of like whenever, whenever I got into college, you know, whenever I was in high school, like we would, I would get there at like, I don't know, sometime before eight. I don't remember exactly, but sometime before eight, and I wouldn't leave, classes wouldn't finish until like 3.15, and then I'd have basketball practice after that for like two hours, and I wouldn't get home until like six or seven, and I'd still just be up and chipper and ready to go. But then I came to college, and I'd be like, oh, I have two classes back to back. Like, you know, it's like, I remember sitting down one day, I was like, how did I ever do high school? Like, yeah. how did I do this all day long, every single day? Like, I, I don't know, it's it's funny how we change and, and react over time. Uh, but yeah. I wanted, wanted to know just what kind of impact, what kind of uh, example are you, are you, do you hope to set for those that are underneath you? Because obviously like a lot of, a lot of the, the, the players that you work with, they're from varying ages, but a lot of them, like you said, they, they may not have someone like you in their mm-hmm. life. Like you, know, like you were saying when you, when you were growing up playing soccer, mm-hmm. uh, you didn't necessarily have someone to teach you the things that you are teaching those underneath you. And so, what is it specifically about these pe- these uh, people and, and uh, athletes that you work with that inspires you to want to work with them? And what example and impact do you hope to have on them in the future? Um, I guess first off, my like biggest thing is just to have them, like I said, to have them be able to normalize the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. To talk about these things, whether it's with me or with anybody else in their life, but really just kind of bring it into the picture more, right? And because it's, I always tell them like, if something is like big and dark and scary, like as soon as you shine a light on it, it's not as yeah. it's not as big yeah. anymore. So once we start just having these conversations, it automatically like lessens its grip, whether we're talking about, you know, the elements of perfectionism or or just kind of any of, any of the self-defeating mentalities, overthinking, like there's, you know, there's long, long lists of all the things that come up, but like, just talking about it is huge. So yeah. I just, I, w- I would like them to take that away from it, mm-hmm. right? Like just talk about it more, right? Whether it's like you could do it yourself, journaling, vlogging, like privately, or mm-hmm. you can have conversations with, you know, the people around you, that type of thing. But I think like one of my biggest things and what I, I would hope that my impact would be on anyone that I worked with is um, my favorite word this year, <laughs> it probably changes all the time, but is invested. Mm-hmm. Love this word because like, um, I'm a very invested coach. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just look at the being on the field for a second. Like, I put in, like, 
and I've actually had to pull myself back because I'm like, okay, like you're doing too much. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you got to actually work on some other things. Yeah. But like, I do so much work in terms of like preparing for training sessions, doing game film, doing like analysis exercises with my players. I do a lot of like reflection stuff. I've set up like training programs and stuff like that we use when we're out on the field to like help us identify whatever our t intention is for the day and all that stuff. Basically, I just like do a lot of stuff and I kind of like give my all to it mm -hmm. because I really believe in them and I really know that they can, because they want to win, right? Mm -hmm. But I want them to um, not just want to win, but want to improve and want to love the game and want to get curious and all that stuff. So I'm very invested. I connect best, best with players that are also very invested because it's a really good match and we can like both get so much out of it. But I guess what I hope to impart on any player, whether it's on the field or in my one-to-one, -one, is like an investment in yourself for growth, like that growth-mindedness that we were talking about, is just huge, mm -hmm. right? Because you're not gonna solve all your problems or you're not gonna change all the things you wanna change like instantly. It's a lot of patience for the process. Mm -hmm. But really, if you are just invested in yourself and your development, and you um, you know can learn to not attach your self worth to the results, but attach it to you know this investment. Really, mm -hmm. like I am someone who's very invested player. Right? I, mm -hmm. I do everything that I can while I'm also still taking care of myself. And that just kind of that mindset, mm -hmm. because it's hard now because a lot of people think that they because they sign up to play on a team and they make a team that they are entitled to a certain number of playing minutes, mm -hmm. that they are entitled to start every other game, that they are all these things, but then they show up to training mm -hmm. and they put in no effort. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to get to the game on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, the investment all around in every moment in all the small pieces. And that's what brings you like more joy too. Yeah. So just kind of like that, inv investing in yourself and your development really makes you happier, it makes you better player, mm -hmm. makes you able to go further, and it just makes the whole experience like way better. Yeah, well, you, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you chose that word specifically because <laughs> uh, I was actually talking to somebody earlier today that, and you know, my degree in school was, was in finance. Yeah, and I, I know. <laughs> and so that was, that word specifically obviously came up a lot, uh, but the reason I, I say this is because you know, when I think of the word investing, I immediately go to like investing in stocks money. and things of that yeah. nature. But yeah. oftentimes what people think of is like, oh, you invest money and it blows up overnight and you make a, a fortune and there you go. And, and that has happened before. But typically the most, most success stories uh, of, of people investing money, it takes time. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, uh, one of the, the great, the big, the most well-known investors uh, of all time, Warren Buffett, part of the reason why he's so successful is because he's been investing since he was like 14. He's had decades and decades and decades and decades and decades to let his money grow over time. You're almost almost virtually guaranteed for success if that's, <laughs> if that's how long you have to work with. So I bring that up because the way that you're putting it is success on the soccer field or success on the basketball court or the football field or whatever arena, whether it's in sports or in life, it takes investment and investment takes time. You're mm -hmm. probably not going to be the phenom that wakes up you know, one morning and you're just naturally gifted and you're just the best player on the planet from day one. Most times that's not the case. It wasn't for me. Uh, so, you know, it's important to stick with it over time and to, and to take 
you know, just like with investing, there's there's good days and there's bad days. And like in life, there's going to be days where you're feeling great, you're up, and there's going to be days where you're not feeling great and you're down. There's going to be days where your performance isn't doing great, and there's going to be days where your performance is not so great. And being able to adequately assess all those performances and to have the proper perspective and say, some days were good, some days were bad, but overall, if it's a net positive in the end and your investment stays the same, then that's where we're able to look at our lives and say, maybe you know, a year ago I was here, but through the ups and the downs, look where I'm at now. I'm up here. I, I'm, I'm better than I was you know, a year ago, or I'm better than I was two years ago, or, or however long. Um, that's, that's what comes to mind for me, you know, because again, it, it doesn't, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's so much more fulfilling if you're willing to put the time in, put the effort in, and be consistent with it, and, and take that investment, like you were saying, and, and apply it to our lives, you know? I don't know how we did it, but we managed to tie accounting and soccer together. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> I always try to do that if I can, you know. Yeah. You no, know, that really is my, my yeah. word of the year. So I just, I overuse it. I use it all the time because it just means so much to me. Yeah. And I get really, you know, because I am so invested on, on my side, I am very passionate about other people being invested mm -hmm. in like knowing their worth and mm -hmm. that stuff as well. But yeah, like you were just saying, kind of, um, you know, there's a lot of hard moments, right? Mm -hmm. And like another one that I've been like, I never used to be a quote person, but now I just like keep them You're in my back. Them oh yeah. yeah, now I'm just like, Buy one, get I'm not one like a yeah. cheesy quote person though. So like, that's kind of the difference. Like yeah. I don't like the like, like, you know, rainbows and sunshines yeah. ones, but like the one that has been sticking with me recently is um, you either quit or you keep going, and both of those options are hard. Yeah. So, like, you know, the, but that's what it means to be an invested player, right? Yeah. You go through, like, there are those hard, hard moments that you, they are inevitable. Mm -hmm. You would never get into the top mm -hmm. without going through, you know, so many of yeah. them. Like, yeah. it's just it's just part of it. It's yeah. just part of it. And I think realizing that, too, is another reason why it's really good to start talking about this stuff with very, like, young athletes or just young people because they can be more prepared because while they don't know what's going to happen, something not great is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> something hard is going to happen. Yeah. And this is like, how are you going to prepare yourself to, to handle that? Right. I mean, like you see a lot of athletes going back to the identity thing that get a bad injury and just like mentally fall apart and mm -hmm. they've been fine their whole life. Right. And a big, another big one is when they leave college and they don't go play pro. Mm -hmm. So there's one, um, I can't remember his name now, Daryl something, but he, um, I follow his work. He, he had a huge identity crisis leaving. I think he played at Michigan, mm -hmm. um, leaving Michigan after football. Mm -hmm. And like now all of his, now he you know, took a decade to do all this like personal development again and stuff. And now he has a whole like content creation mm -hmm. stuff, podcasts and all sorts of stuff about helping proactively having these conversations so that people know it's coming. Mm -hmm. And just if you know it's coming, you're better prepared. Mm -hmm. Even if you have no tools. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so there's yeah. a lot. And, and, and that's so important because something I remember, uh, I, I, think, I think a big part of that is, is understanding that your identity is not your, is not your performance on the, on the court, on the field, whatever. Mm -hmm. It is not entirely tied up in that, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, that was something I really struggled with a lot in whenever I played basketball. I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was the phenom by any means. I was, I was all right, I was decent, mm -hmm. but like, 
I would beat myself up. Like if I did something wrong, I would just beat myself and tear myself. Like mm -hmm. I, my highs were super high, but my lows were super low. Yeah, you know? inconsistent confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not and, stable confidence. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I would have moments like that where I, I just I was like, oh, I'm, either I did something good and I was like, I'm the greatest there ever was. I'm the, <laughs> you know, or like I would do something wrong and I was just I'd beat myself up and just mm -hmm. dig my own grave, you know. And so, uh, but but I think what's really important is I remember there was a point I want to say it was like my junior year in high school, uh, I was just, for whatever reason, I forget the reason why, it was probably something stupid now, but uh, <laughs> looking, I remember at, at the time, I was like, I just was sick of basketball, I didn't want to play. It was like in the middle of the season, I, just, I was done, mm -hmm. yeah, I was like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And my mom told me, she was like, listen, you signed up for this, You're the, you committed to this, she was like, you can quit after the season if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. If you want, if you want to be done after this, you can be done. Said, so, but you committed to this team. You committed to this, to this, to everything. Like you committed to this, so finish it out, and then you can tell me how you feel afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I was, at the time, I was like, I don't, I didn't like that. I didn't want that mm -hmm. answer because, like, at the time, I was like, I wanted, to, I wanted to be done. I didn't, yeah. I wanted to be finished right then and there. I remember we had just lost. Like I was not having a good time. Mm -hmm. uh, but looking back, I'm so thankful for that experience yep. because it taught me that there's going to be times in your life where you can't quit mm -hmm. like you 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 are in a situation whether you like it or not and being able to stick it out and to go through those experiences mm -hmm. whether you like it or not oftentimes is incredibly important being able to be there for your teammates or, or your peers or your you know your coworkers, whatever uh, avenue you find yourself in being able to stick through those hard times is incredibly important because you know oftentimes i think our failures don't come because we failed per se, it's because we stopped mm -hmm. or it's because we quit. It's mm -hmm. because we said, I can't do this, I'm gonna quit. Mm -hmm. It's not because you you tried and you failed, it's because you tried and then you stopped and that's mm -hmm. why you failed, you know? Didn't and, have that like yeah. patience to pursue. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. To stick through the through the bad times and, and to stick mm -hmm. through the good times. Uh, I think that's what holds us back a lot of time. I know that's that's what held me back in, in that particular example because you know, if I had if I had quit right then and there, that my senior season was one of my favorite years. I had mm -hmm. I had such a fun time. Like, I was gonna ask yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah, and so I stuck with it and you know, my yeah. my I, I, I played and had a good time and you know, I got to mm -hmm. finish out with all my friends and my senior year and we had a great time. I mean yeah. I, I'm looking back, I was immensely grateful that yeah. she kinda instilled in me to stick with it and see how I feel after that. And so I think it just goes to show uh, that whatever avenue you find yourself in life, being able to stick through the good and the bad is incredibly important because there's gonna be times where you're in situations that you don't wanna be in, mm -hmm. but you don't really have a choice but to go through it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, you're gonna be put in, in sticky situations where you have to find the, you know, the lesser of two evils uh, and, and being able to go through those situations and make it out to the other side is incredibly important, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's a really good lesson and that was, you know, wise words from your mother. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so shout out to mom for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that, um, that's, it's an interesting um, kind of topic because I do think it has, for me, it's that element of when you committed to something, mm -hmm. what that involves other people mm -hmm. that is really important to follow through because that comes down to integrity, right? Mm -hmm. Like I said I was gonna do this, yeah. so I do need to do this, yeah. right? And I might not want to do it, mm -hmm. right? So kind of using that to push you through things. But then I also do think that there are that we need to have a balance of, for example, if you are an adult and in your job situation is unhealthy, mm -hmm. right, and you have just need out, mm -hmm. I do think that is an okay time yeah. to leave. Yeah. So I, I think that sometimes we just, in society, sometimes we push ourselves through something 
that's not good for us mm -hmm. and that we need to be done with. And that there wasn't any really commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, because when you go to a job, you obviously want to be committed to them, but you also have to proactively um, protect yourself, mm -hmm. right? And if it's not good for you, then, then it needs to be done. But in the case of something like signing on to a season mm -hmm. or something that, you know, is, is short term. And it has, has, a, it has end. A, def a definitive, yep, you know, absolutely. a definitive beginning and end. Mm -hmm. you know. I think that that lesson from your mom is really great because I do fully believe that those things are the things that you follow through on and then you can reassess and make a different mm -hmm. choice in those breaks. But yeah, it's just kind of like the balance of those things. But yeah, those, those players that make it to the end, right? The players that become like those elite, elite athletes, mm -hmm. they have some fire in them that I, they've all had close to burnout moments. A mm -hmm. lot of them have probably left the game and returned, but there's something driving them. That's not just, you know, their mom being like, you signed up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but that keeps them coming. I mean, right. We look at all these, <laughs> you know, uh, quarterbacks that unretire, mm -hmm. which by the way is one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> I'm just like, it was funny because Carly Lloyd, do you know who she is? Yes. Well, I, I, I know, you she know played, of her. I know she's a yes, I know of her. Yes. Yeah. She just retired this year too, yes. about the same time as Tom Brady. Yeah. And she had an April Fool's joke that said that she was unretiring, yeah. but she used his exact words. So it was like on social oh, media. So yeah. people knew that it was like a joke. Yeah. But after she came back out of it, she's like, there's no way I'm going. Like I am retired and I love it. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm one of those people that's like uh, all this work that I'm doing right now. It's honestly because I want to make a business that I really want and that I can be impactful mm -hmm. with. But I also kind of want to retire early. Yeah. I only want to work like 20 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Like really. Yeah. Like no joke. <laughs> By yeah. the time I'm 40, so that's like four years away. Hey, I want to be a part-time. I want to be a part-time retired person. Yeah. That's literally my goal in life. Yeah. I always. So, <laughs> I always told my parents. I'm like, don't unretire. Like. Yeah. My I always told my parents uh, that uh, my my favorite job would be. Have, have you ever been to Dollywood before? The amusement no. park. No. Okay. Well, it, I've driven by it. Well, there's I've seen this, it from the outside. Yeah, I've been numerous times. There's just one roller coaster in there where you have to go like not underground, but it's in like this this dark building you have to go into basically. And there's one little man up in the top that he, for all I can tell, he presses the go and the stop button. And every time before he presses that, he says fire in the hole, and he presses that button. And also, my parents said, I want that to be my retired job because you just got to sit there, press the button, and there you go. You're good to go. You get to sit inside all day. Uh, that would be my 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 retired if I just wanted something to do while I was retired you know um, but yeah That's I, funny. I think I think you know what you're talking about is, is a good point because knowing when to quit I mean mm -hmm. you know Tom Brady is a bit of a, a bit of an anomaly uh, <laughs> I know I can't one. really be mad yeah. at him he's pretty much just like a, yeah. a, a not a real person yeah he's we'll a, bit, a, bit, a bit of an anomaly but knowing <laughs> when to quit and when to stick with it is incredibly important because you know um, you think Oftentimes, it's hard to step away from things. Uh, you know, the saying always goes, "Don't don't smile because it's over, smile because it happened," or something like that. Yeah. You know? And it's it's important to know when to step away and to and to be happy with your performance. You know, you never want to end. You don't want to, you want to be that person that fl like burns out and, fl and flames out, and then yeah. kind of everybody's uh, memory of you is like whatever whatever was left at the end of your career. Yeah. You want to if you can, you want to end on a good note. You want to end yeah. on top if you can, uh, and end on a good note, and and you know package things up and put it away on top if if yeah. at all possible. And so knowing when to when to quit and when to stick with it is so important in life because. You know, we were talking about like with sports. There's usually a 
definitive beginning and end to a season. Mm -hmm. Usually, for the most part, but in life, there's not always the case. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're working at a job, you, you don't say, "Okay, I'm gonna work from this time." Usually, I mean, there are mm -hmm. seasonal jobs, but you know, if you're like a salaried employee, they're not like, "Okay, you've got from you know May this to yep. you know August this day or whatever." Uh, yeah, so like knowing contract. when to knowing when to stick with it and when to quit, and also knowing how to adequately assess mm -hmm. how you are feeling and how you. Uh, you're you are performing in your own life in that environment is incredibly important because for a lot of people you you can find yourself in situations that you're unhappy with you're it's 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 an unhealthy place it's not where you want to be and being able to adequately assess that and say you know what maybe this isn't right for me mm -hmm. right now is very important and I think it's the right thing to do because not everybody needs to be in, not everybody needs to work every single job. You know, mm -hmm. not every job is right for me, not every job is right for you. And so being able to assess how we're performing and how we feel and how, uh, you know, we are, uh, how just how we're doing basically, yeah. I guess for, for lack of better words, is incredibly important because that directly impacts not only your own life but your performance at that workplace, mm -hmm. you know. And all that ties back into what we were talking about with the self-awareness mm -hmm. and growth-mindedness, right? Like having these conversations at a young age will prepare people, even if it's in the context of sports, yeah. but it will help them later, mm -hmm. hopefully be able to find their way out of some things that are not you know, necessarily the best for them. Um, I definitely like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things, work, relationships, um, just like life situations, right? That sometimes, because there's not a definitive end and start, mm -hmm. can be hard to figure out well, how you feel about it and where you should go with it. So, um, I don't know, I just think that it's really cool to be able to um, have some of these conversations with sports being the context, because, you know, they are so into that and, motivated by that and it's a big thing that a lot of people participate in and just a lot of people are very passionate about, right? But kind of having that as this like carrier to be able to have all these other conversations mm -hmm. really just helps people. Yeah. Like it's it's not hurting them, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're either standing still or going forwards, but you're usually not going backwards yeah. when you just start talking a little bit more. And that's been my thing too, just talking about stuff, even if I you know, with the words falling out of my mouth don't make any sense. <laughs> Sometimes that's okay. Like, yeah. you know, you just gotta try mm -hmm. to express yourself and put yourself around people that aren't going to kind of just like micromanage who you are. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And, and and I'm glad you brought that up because our mental well being uh, is and you know, mental health and, and everything surrounding, you know, all the different topics within that is becoming more of a less taboo t mm -hmm. topic in today, which I, I think personally that's a relatively good thing. Like I'm, I'm glad that more people are a lot more open about that. I'm glad we're able to have conversations mm -hmm. like this. Um, you know, in in the past, I don't know if this would have been possible or if this would have been really normal to talk about. But um, a lot of times, still those conversations, whether it's one on one or with you know you with a bunch of different athletes or, or however, those conversations can be a little like at times they can feel a little awkward or they mm -hmm. can feel a little clunky you know like you don't really know where to take the first step or, or what to say or how to approach those conversations <laughs> just because you're usually being very open very vulnerable you're exposing parts of yourself that most people may not be aware of or mm -hmm. no you know nobody may be aware of it and so uh my question for you is just how do you 
begin those conversations, just whether it's with you know an athlete or just anybody in your life that you've spoken with, what, what are some ways that you go about trying to begin those conversations and take that first step? Because like I said, it can, those roads and those conversations can be very, there can be a lot of gray yeah. area. You know, mm-hmm. it's not always clear how you should proceed and how you should uh, go forward with those conversations. And so I think with some clarity that might, might you know, hopefully that might help somebody listen. Yeah, to I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is that I've just made a commitment to try and be more authentic. Mm-hmm. And I just bring it into, it's just part of how I talk now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, that sounds correct how I just said that, but <laughs> it's just part of how I talk. So it comes into a lot of things mm-hmm. and I'll just find myself like in average normal conversation talking more about elements of, you know, mental health, well-being. Um, I just had a huge conversation at my house about energy vampires. <laughs> and you know what that is? I, do, I don't know what that it's is. Like, it's like a slang term, but it's like yeah. when somebody is so draining to be around. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? That makes about? sense, yeah. Yeah, so it's like they suck the yeah. life out of you. Yeah. So we just had a conversation about that. But anyway, just like kind of not make light of it, but make light of it a little more and bring it into conversation Mm -hmm. more. That's how I do it with my teams. Mm -hmm. So I get pretty deep as some people would say, Mm -hmm. but for me, it's like medium because Mm -hmm. I'm just like, this is just part of how I talk now. It wasn't always there, Mm -hmm. right? It was difficult. What I did is I just educated myself. Like I read a lot of books, Mm -hmm. Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. If you need to be more vulnerable, that's like the first place to go. She's great. She's Mm -hmm. like good. Have you heard of her? I have not. She does a great podcast too. Um, But she's like a researcher that studies empathy, vulnerability, perfectionism, all this stuff, and actually like just does interviews with people and then turns it like I don't know what the scientific term is, but there's a term for interviewing people and then turning it into data. Don't know what that's called, but um, she does a lot of that. So I just read a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. and just like tried to learn and listen to podcasts and stuff. And then I kind of just started talking about it and like I wouldn't like make a plan to do it, but like when something came up with my players, because we felt really comfortable around each other. So I think that would be other, the other thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're starting to have more of these conversations, they don't need to be epic conversations, but they just need to. They can just kind of evolve with people that you're really comfortable with mm-hmm. and they just kind of, because you are what you read, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you are what you watch? Mm-hmm. Like you are. We are talk, what we consume. We yeah. are what we consume, there we go. Yeah. That's a better way yeah. of saying it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you, for example, I do not watch television. Mm-hmm. I watch sports. Mm-hmm. And I'm the, same the occasional way. tiny, tiny yeah. bit of news, yeah. if there's like something that I need to know about or mm-hmm. something, I don't have Netflix. I don't watch shows. Now that's a rarity. It is. I don't, I, I sometimes purposefully and intentionally choose a movie, Mm -hmm. but we're talking like once, probably every two or three months. Mm -hmm. And it like has to be something that I'm intentionally choosing. Like I do not scroll and just pick a movie and watch it. Like this doesn't happen. So like I, that's how I started talking about this stuff more is I chose what I was consuming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that just naturally became, well, it's the only thing I'm r- learning about. So I yeah. just start talking about it. Yeah. So, and I also have like taught myself to be like, I really don't care what other people, if the other people think like it's too much, mm-hmm. like something I don't care. Like sometimes I can read the room and like back off. Yeah. But like yeah. also it's really funny. Cause like now that I've started talking about all this stuff, 
both my parents who are divorced and I feel like I'm their best friend each because they only <laughs> call me. Um, they're both way better at all this stuff yeah. because I simply have learned about it and just mm -hmm. start talking about it. Yeah. Wears off. Yeah. So. And, and, and <laughs> even at that, I think it's specifically with this topic, the more, in my experience at least, like, and I don't have any hard signs on this, so if I'm completely wrong, then <laughs> I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, anything, I'm willing so. to be wrong. But uh, I think the more often you have these conversations, you know, the more times you allow yourself to kind of work that mm -hmm. muscle to it, yeah. you know, for, for, you know, for a good analogy here, uh, it becomes a lot easier, you know, mm -hmm. because admit it, like, I, I can see how it would be hard for someone to, you know, a young person, like, they've never talked about stuff like this before. Mm -hmm. It can be hard. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like if you're, it's like in school, if the, if the teacher calls you up to work a problem on the on the board, oh, it's like yeah. that's your first time. You're like, Terrifying. okay, Ooh, hope I can do that. You know, <laughs> so like I get I get the apprehensiveness to having these conversations, but if you're willing to take that first step, the next one's going to get a little bit easier, and mm -hmm. it'll usually get a little bit easier beyond that to where now you can you know, mm -hmm. un, you know, understanding there's a time and place for everything, but you can have these conversations mm -hmm. pretty freely or much more freely than mm -hmm. you had before. Um, I think that's incredibly important, and I think that's what's driven a lot of this uh, disintegration of this taboo about this topic. Mm -hmm. You know, before it was like, do not talk about it ever, only in certain, if only with certain people in certain circumstances. That's all, the only time we ever talked about it. Certainly not in public. Um, but now people are, have been a lot more open about it and have been willing to share stories of what they've experienced and how what they have learned. And through each conversation, it gets a little bit easier, you know, mm -hmm. uh, not just for us, but for everybody Everyone at large, you, you know, yeah. uh, I, th I think it really helps. And, you know, there's always some way that everybody in, in some way, anyone can identify with, with this topic because I think everybody to some degree or another struggles with things like this, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's we, we do because we're, it's because we're human. Yeah. Right. And we yeah. live in this world right now that's moving a million miles an hour. Yeah. And like one of my things is I always try and be conscious of like the grind. Well, mm -hmm. what I call is the grind is like yeah. the nine to five, yeah. like just like kind of overzealous, like got to go, 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 mm -hmm. take the kids to eight types of different practices and this and that. And like, I'm very conscious of that stuff. And I'm like, try not to get too swept into like a lot of the things that our society mm -hmm. t teaches us to do like mm -hmm. consumerism. And like, yeah. I'm very like, I'm trying to be very like eco-friendly and mm -hmm. eco-conscious and like- yeah. You're trying to you be know. a better version of yourself. I'm trying to be, right? Yeah. I mean, I think going back to like having the conversations, the one thing that I was gonna think of that does still get in my way and makes me hold my tongue. So when I have the conversations now, they just flow mm -hmm. out of me, right? But when I don't have them, I'm actually stopping them from happening. Like I'm thinking about, it. and it's usually imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of that still. So, I mean, yeah. we all do, but yeah. it's a, uh, I just feel like, oh, it kind of depends probably on the environment that I'm in and like who I'm talking to, but it's like, what like what makes you the expert in this? But I think just, you know, I've helped myself along that line by just being like, I'm not an expert. I'm mm -hmm. not claiming that I am. Because yeah. I'm not. Yeah. All I'm doing is facilitating the growth of these conversations, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's Just being that's honest. Yeah. I mean, like I used to not really like to talk about the fact that like I was coaching at a pretty, you know, decently high level and that I didn't play professionally or in mm -hmm. college. I didn't really want people to know that. Now I don't care because yeah. it's actually made me a better coach. Yeah. Because for example, like I had to learn a lot about tactics mm -hmm. and I am able to now teach very difficult concepts like uh, high pressing as a team is an example in soccer. It's not just someone runs in wildly and tries to win the ball back. Like there's a lot of nuances to how mm -hmm. it is done as a group. 
and I can actually teach that concept to like 10 year olds. Yeah. And that's because I had to learn it and teach myself. Mm -hmm. So now it's much easier for me to teach that stuff. So, you know, not an expert, okay with not being an expert. Yeah. Just be honest, educate yourself. Really, I do believe that you are what you consume. Mm -hmm. So I would actually put that at the top of the list of mm -hmm. if you want to have different conversations, mm -hmm. you need to be listening, reading, and mm -hmm. watching things that support that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse, I think, than like when people just are the, what, how am I trying to say this? When people like overtake the conversation and they are the expert in everything mm -hmm. when they're really the expert of nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that you could spot them pretty quickly, at yeah. least I can now. But that's just one of my things. I don't, you know, I try and step back from. Awesome. getting in that position but yeah <laughs> well that, yeah that's great i want to ask you something before we kind of okay. finish up here so correct me if i'm wrong yes. the world cup is happening relatively soon is that correct yeah around thanksgiving okay i knew it was so this year it's not I didn't, like tomorrow but yeah, yeah. but it's, it's happening this year mm -hmm. okay good i'm glad I, i'm not okay i didn't want to if you were gonna be like actually it's in a couple years no, you're like, okay well, never mind. well uh, the men's is this year and women's is next okay, year so. that's what i thought so yeah. uh i'm curious to know this is like the one time where everybody everybody and their mother watches you know soccer or, or football or wherever mm -hmm. you know where <laughs> you come from uh i want to know what your what your prediction is for the world cup and oh. who 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 I should be cheering for? I mean, I'm going to cheer for the home team, obviously. But aside from aside oh, from the home man. team, who should I who should I cheer for? Well, this for? is a this is a hard question this yeah. year because um, qualifying was so messed up because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So they shouldn't have just like all the teams just finished qualifying. Like oh, yeah. the teams were just in a lot of the regions of the world, like just decided. Mm -hmm. but normally, it would have been like like a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, well. That's a hard question. We'll get back to that in a second. But like, for example, like in in uh, Europe, there's a lot of good teams, right? Mm -hmm. But like, teams did not qualify. That like, I believe that Italy did not qualify, and they you might want to cut this if it's wrong. Uh, and they they <laughs> won. I don't know any better. So yeah, <laughs> they won uh, the Euros this last summer. So yeah. they like won a major tournament, mm -hmm. but then didn't qualify. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like, are the top teams? going to the World Cup. I mean, that's always yeah. questions, right? Especially yeah. in like places like that. But like, for example, the US has England mm -hmm. in their group. Yeah. And then we also have the winners of like, they're not even all done yet because Ukraine is in like, has to do a playoff mm -hmm. with, I think it's Scotland and Wales, mm -hmm. but they're obviously in the middle of a. Yeah, yeah, they got bigger, it's a bigger. They got bigger right problems yeah. right now, yeah. so they can't really do that. So yeah. it's like the stage isn't even fully really set. But I mean, I'm just gonna have to say that probably we all have to root for the, yeah. <laughs> you know, the U.S. We but root for the home team. Um, we it's interesting though because the U.S. team this year, not all of the starting lineup in the last games that they played, but a huge portion of it are all playing in Europe. Mm -hmm. So we do have an elevated like caliber of athletes going into it like more european based athletes mm -hmm. so i you know i don't really know how it's going to play out because yeah. the men's team did not play very good in our like little um you know to qualify mm -hmm. i mean we had to play all these um in Concacaf, so central american teams north american teams and we didn't play super well but i do think that we have a lot of potential yeah. it's just like how we show up it's their passion yeah. i think that there's something that the men's national team um if they can harness a little bit more passion mm -hmm. um 
in terms of playing for their country, mm. those are the games they played best yeah. in. And you see that the women usually have a lot of that. Yeah. Obviously, they they have their score lines are different, but women's soccer is just more unbalanced. A lot of that being that some countries can't pay women to play, mm. so that it's a part time thing, and yeah. they just that's where a lot of the discrepancy comes from. But um, I don't know. I'm gonna say root for the U.S. Yeah. Who's gonna win? I don't know. Yeah. And anyone, it's anyone's game. We'll see as it starts to to get closer. I would like to see somebody not in Europe win. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know it's big over there, so definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch as much as I can. I know yeah. that the times over there are weird and stuff, but uh, I'm gonna try to watch it as much as I can. I always I, don't, I always yeah. do enjoy watching the World Cup. It's always as an outsider, uh, it's always fun watching those uh, watching those happen. So. Well, and we're yeah. in Qatar or Qatar, depending yeah. on who you ask yeah. how to say it. Have you heard mm -hmm. both? I have like, not, no. I've, so announcers have been saying it both ways. That's where it's at. I yeah. don't know what time zone they're in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be for surely watching. But yeah, it has to be in December because it's probably too yeah. hot there to play. Yeah. In yeah, the Middle true. East in the summer. Yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful <laughs> I time. I mean, it's yeah. already 120 and where was it 120 this week in India? Yeah. So I don't, I don't think we want to be playing in, no. in that. So. No, no. But yeah. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and start <laughs> wrapping up here. But first off, just want to thank you so much for coming in. It has yeah. been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, I, I really think that what you do and you know the conversations that you have and, and, and the people that you talk to and the impact you have, I think it's really important. Well, first off, just thank you for coming in and thank you for the work that you do. Um, before I wrap up, I always want to give the guests a, a moment just to you know, have the floor, whether you want to give a shout out to somebody or you want to talk about something you're working on or, you know, you, whatever you want to do, uh, I want to give you the floor just to address the people and, and let them know whatever you want to let them know. So yeah, <laughs> right. the floor is yours. Uh, yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It was super fun. I'm still new to the Chattanooga community, mm -hmm. so it's, um, it's nice to get involved in things yeah. and like be... I've been here about a year, but I really love it, and yeah. it's a uh, it's a it's a really good town. I, I made a good choice in terms of moving here, but I think the only other thing would be that my big new thing uh, is that I did very recently launch a um, actual like ten week curriculum, mm -hmm. like one to one mental skills coaching program that mm -hmm. I'm super excited about because it kind of allows me allows players to get a baseline overview of all of these different topics and it's a little bit personalized each of them because it is one v one but like just a solid base for a place to start. Mm -hmm. So that's my big new project. That's what I'm working on. Where can people find that at? It, uh, my website, which is expandyourgame.com. Okay. So, well, you got expandyourgame.com. Yep. Uh, we will make sure to put all the links to, you know, expand your game. Uh, you, you have, you're on LinkedIn. I know that. Do you have mm -hmm. any other social media accounts that you... I'm on Instagram. And, and Instagram? it's at expand your game. So I'm on Instagram. I don't do... I don't do many other things. Mm -hmm. um, I write a lot, so there's a lot of free resources yeah. on my website. Yeah. I do a ton of writing. That's pretty much what I do most of the time. It's my journalism background, but yeah. lots, lots of free resources, lots of free worksheets, and just lots of good stuff. And that's just getting started, so there'll be a lot more on mm -hmm. there. So if you yeah. get on my email list, you'll have lots of good stuff coming to you over the yeah. next couple of years. So. Well, we'll make sure to put all the links and everything down in the description of this episode. So you know, if you're curious, uh, you want to check out what Jen's got going on, uh, then head down to the script to the description uh, and and check out those links and. 
be sure to uh, give you know uh, Jen a follow and see what she's got going on. But uh, Jen, thank you so much for yeah. coming in. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come in today. Uh, and I really think that everybody's going to enjoy our conversation today. So, so fun. It was yeah. such a nice, nice, uh, nice conversation. Yeah. I loved it. So. Yeah, it was great. Well, I loved it too. It was my pleasure. Uh, so again, thank you so much. Thank you all for watching uh, and listening. Uh, we really appreciate uh, just your, your engagement and, and just taking the time out to listen to this conversation. So as always, thank you so much. And we hope you'll join us on the next episode of The Third Seat.